The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you scruffy looking nerf herders? Yeah, it's me, Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. I gotta make this quick. I am packing to go on vacation and well, here we are. We're gonna do another episode. Guess what? Lisa Curry comic uh, for Jim Jeffries, opener for Jim Jeffries, is going to come on and explain why Rushmore, the second and last film allowed by this man, done by Wes Anderson, is Rushmore. So she's not a fan of Rushmore. I grabbed A.C. Rowe, you know him from a few past episodes, and we're going to make heads or tails or double zero or zero. I don't know. I'm just in a kind of gambling mood. You know that. Let's see if Lisa Curry can come out here and flunk Rushmore. Sandima's high football rules. Lisa Curry, guest of the program. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Great. Do you know what film that quote is from? Not, no. And it could have even been something I've seen 50 times. I'm just that bad with movie quotes. Returning panelists to the show, AC Rowe returning. Sir, how goes it? It goes really well, Kevin. How are you? Doing delightful. Do you know what film that quote is from you know had you not said it and not asked me and not put me on the spot like you do all the time i've never gotten one of yours right i'm gonna say fast times at ridgemont high i would have I guessed know fast wrong. times you That's guys my only guess you guys are in the right genre but i thought this was a layup. bill and no, ted's excellent adventure they're, oh. they're in san Dimas. that makes a lot of sense you're not gonna believe this i've never seen it whoa uh, <laughs> it's... homework I mean, it's not. A, I know it's bad. It, it's uh, I don't know how old you are. I'm just going to assume that you're close to, I don't know, ish us. So this is a film that our age group would have caught. But Here's not. the thing. I grew up in a one TV household. So if I didn't want to watch whatever horse shit my dad was watching, my only other option was go outside. So right. uh, it was go outside. You're Amish. <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> pretty much. Oi. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Kevin Goatee, AC Road, joined by Lisa Curry. Today, folks, some of you who have went on to say, I don't think this film qualifies. And I'm going to say it does because this is the second and last Wes Anderson film 
that we will allow in this podcast. And the first one was <laughs> Royal <Thank> Tenenbaums. <laughs> See, I love that one. Dumb one. Well, I fucking hated it. So listen to that episode, why it stinks and and uh, and all that stuff. But Lisa has chosen the other film that is allowable by my standards, and that is Rushmore. 1998 budget of 10 million bucks, a box office haul of $17 million. Turn that into 2023 money. $18.8 million budget, $32.1 million box office haul. This thing didn't make any money, but it didn't get anybody fired. That's the old uh, rationale here. IMDb, as we know, is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. Lisa, what do you think Rushmore scored on the old 1 to 10? What do I think other people said of it? IMDb, which is an aggregate. 7.8. 7.8. 7.8. 7, How about you, AC Row? I'm I'm gonna say like an 8.4. I'm gonna say Lisa's closest by saying 7.6. Oh. Ooh. oh. Not bad, Ooh. not bad. Critics Rotten Tomato score one through one hundred. You folks know the drill. AC, I go to you first this time. Critics Rotten Tomato score Rushmore. I'm I'm gonna say it was his second film and everybody fell in love with him due in large part to the film. Critics had to like it. I'm going to say it's high. It's somewhere in the 90s, like 92, 93. Well, why don't we pick one of them? 92. How about you, Lisa? What do you think? I'm going more like 80. I'm going more like AC gets the point. 90 by critics. The, the critics loved it. Oh, this is a critics absolute wet dream film. We'll get into that later. How about you? Back to you, Lisa. Audience, what do you think the audience gave this on the old Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, uh, 90. 90, AC Row. I'm going to say like a 75. I'm going to say you're as inaccurate as Ryan Tannehill out of the pocket. Hey 91. The man is too. injured. He can't play football right now. Leave him alone. He's also it, going to be no longer be a Titan anymore. Leave it alone. He can't play football when he's not injured as well. This is true. Quotes, are you a neurosurgeon? No, I'm a barber, but many people make that mistake. Fun. This one kind of caught me by surprise. I, I almost laughed. My safety school is Harvard. That one was clever. I thought it was very clever. Yeah. That's why I wrote it down. Oxford, How about you, Lisa? Sorbonne and then Harvard. Yep. Lisa, any quotes jump out at you? Shit. No, I just watched it. I literally just finished watching it 10 minutes before we jumped <laughs> on and I still, I was like so frustrated rewatching it. I thought, why, why didn't I pick something that I secretly like? <laughs> well, that's not the idea of the show. <laughs> why am I having to watch this again? It's so bad. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe it, what did, there was built that Bill Murray line. It wasn't even that funny. It was just, it made no, I guess I'm just picking something that made no sense to me. Cause he was like, pointed to his kids and was like, I, you know, I never thought I'd have kids like that because his kids were assholes. But I'm like, you're an asshole. This kid's an asshole. And you like him. You're all assholes. This isn't an anomaly. It's a baker's dozen of assholes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> More or less. All right. No quotes then. AC, how about you, sir? You know, no quotes that stand out that, that just jump off the page to me. I don't find Wes Anderson incredibly quotable. Um there's there's a lot to talk about in the film, but there's not a quote that that just pops off the page. 
Fair enough. Let's go to five fun facts. They showed the film to Jason Schwartzman uncle. If you didn't know, well, shame on you, because that's Francis Ford Coppola. Also, Talia Shire is his mother. And his biggest reaction was that the case of wine glimpsed in an early dinner scene was from one of his own winery's biggest competitors in the Napa Valley. This or may, <laughs> may or may not have been a joke on Wes Anderson's part. Number two. Once Bill Murray read the screenplay, he wanted to be in the movie so badly he requested to appear in it for free. But because of SAG union rules, he had to legally be paid scale. He worked for the day rate minimum for smaller indie film projects. Wes Anderson estimated that Bill Murray made about $9,000 for this film. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I don't buy that he asked to be in the film. Murray's weird, man. Mm-hmm. Like he'll read a script and then disappear and won't tell you that he's going to actually do your project until he just shows up. Like On day one, yep. Yes, there are so many stories about and And having never read the script, showing up, just agreeing to do the project, I, I, I don't buy that. Uh-oh. We've got a skeptic. Number three, originally Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson did not want to cast young actor Mason Gamble in the part because of his very recognizable role as 1993's Dennis the Menace. Gamble instantly impressed Anderson by making adjustments instantly and perfectly. Anderson called him an acting computer. I forgot they made a Dennis the Menace movie until right then and there. Yeah. That was about 15 years too late. (laughs) <laughs> the inspiration I and mean, it's like what's next a marmaduke oh wait they did that too never mind or, yeah. is andy cap in the greenlit section at uh at netflix anytime soon L- no. let's do beetle bailey <laughs> yeah garfield garfield got two films but heathcliff can't get shit the inspiration for max's expulsion from rushmore academy was taken from owen wilson's real life as a sophomore at saint mark high school in dallas texas rushmore co-writer owen wilson was expelled for stealing his geometry's teacher's textbook with all the answers and had to attend Thomas Jefferson High School to complete the 10th grade. Stealing okay. a textbook? That's more whimsical. Guys, you can beat the shit out of a teacher if they make you give up your phone and only get two-day suspension now. But only if somebody's yeah. filming that happen. Right. Yeah, maybe because I went to public school, but I'm like, we had some wild shit happen that was just like one-day detention. Right. Right. I mean, the running hat gag was putting the old tack on your teacher's chair. Yeah, yeah. Would that just got, got, got a, oh, you boys, and a finger waggle? Maybe. Oh, we had kids that would, like, climb out of the window and go take off running and then, like, come back to class later at the end of class and disrupt it and come back in the window or just fucking flip furniture over. Like, I went to a good Where public did you school, go to school, too. Crown Point High School in Indiana. And it's, I mean, it was. What do bad schools in Indiana like? What's that like? <laughs> is that like the white? Le- is that like the? Is that like the white lean on me in Indiana? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was chaotic. Um, where, what town is that in Indiana? Crown Point. I don't know where that is. It's in That's, Indiana. It's like, <laughs> it's like an hour southeast of Chicago. Oh, I so was like born really was, far northwest. Yeah, I was born in Indianapolis. That's why I, oh, okay. yeah, I moved on as three. My parents had the good sense to get the hell out of that horrible state. The uh, <laughs> number five, even so though... landed in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Princeton, I mean. 
Mr. Arkansas Jersey. version. Hey, dude, I, I left there. I went to Louisiana and then I got to New York as quick as I could. <laughs> Even though he was only 17 years old during filming, Jason Schwartzman could already grow a beard and was already too hairy for his 15 year old character. So Wes Anderson made him wax his hands and chest. He said, I had to get my hands, chest, head, chest and hands waxed regularly to get passed as a high school student. Then in the Blu-ray commentary, he said he was not pleased that his chest is barely glimpsed in the wrestling scene. <laughs> Did Okay. Went well, through the waxing, not used. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh, at least let me know so I can go uh, you know, and apply for the pre-OnlyFans Twinks version out there, if you will. <laughs> I feel like even for the glimpse, though, he couldn't have just had like a full chest of hair. That would have been odd. Are you gonna, Sorry, it's a glimpse, but yeah. yeah. There Are were you gonna, hairy kids in high school. Yo, there was a kid in my house in my in my in my eighth, seventh grade who was a full-on Scott Howard from Teen Wolf. The kid was shaving <laughs> and he had like a he had like an Oscar Gamble tuft hair chest popping, a chest hair <laughs> shirt. And and the kid 13, 13 wow. full on shaving. So normally I'm like, yeah, but I knew that actually I was friends with this kid for a while. Anywho, those are five fun facts. I don't know how fun they were, but whatever. We gotta fill subject time here anyway. Let's get four facts. Four? I did five. No, you you did five, but I'm skeptical of one. Oh, that's fair. All right. Fact checker AC Rowe. I cannot wait for you to kind of National Enquirer this shit later on. We're going to get right to the crowd version fun of this, and we're going to see what questions they have for you, Lisa, in Ask mm-hmm. a Gutter. You know the drill, AC. I love you. At So Wizard Podcast. Well, statement alert, not a question. I saw this in the movie theater, and I don't remember anything about it not usually a good sign yeah at lord snurts turns out woody allen is in my only blind spot for movies i haven't seen a single wes anderson film skipping predictions but i'll ask a gutter what wes anderson film is worth a watch i like the royal tenenbaums i mean but i it doesn't here's the thing with even me going over rushmore it really doesn't take much to impress me movie wise. Like okay. I'll see something and I'm like, that was fun. I feel good. This one was so bad that it made me angry that I okay. spent my time watching it. All right. Save, save the rest of those points. AC, you got a Wes Anderson film that you'd like to mention as one you find enjoyable. I would say of all of them, Rushmore. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Wes Anderson fan, but of all of them, this one at least tells a little bit of a story. Right. I've only seen two. Royal Tenenbaums is a diarrhea geyser <laughs> from a police horse's asshole level of awful. So I do want to see the newest one, though. Which is the, which the one with Tom Hanks, Asteroid City? No, no, none of that. What, Steve Zizou or Life Aquatic or whatever that is? Or no, it's Dog uh, Hotel Ast- for Dogs. A- Asteroid City. Um, want to see that one. I, well, I'll, 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 I'll wait for your review. I'm not going to be wasting an hour and 45. Uh, Joe loves Cam. This is Jason Schwartzman's film debut. Who do you think got on the job? His uncle Francis Ford Coppola or his cousin Nick Cage? How am I not understanding, realizing people's crazy lineage? Um, Nepo babies. I yeah. say his uncle. Sure. Also, how awesome would Thanksgiving be if you had Nicolas Cage as your older cousin? 
yeah, that would be the best Thanksgiving of all time. There's nothing. Really? I'll spend any holiday with him. Arbor Day. Depends on which, <laughs> depends on which Nick Cage you're getting. I'm interested in your line of thinking. Yeah. Please well, proceed. No, I mean, like if you're getting cool, crazy, raising Arizona Nick Cage, or you're getting bad Southern accent Con Air Nick Cage, uh, those are oh. two different guys to hang out with, man. Cameron Poe, ten Put times the out of ten. back in the box. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to hang out. No, don't want to hang out with that Nick Cage. I'll take any version. Can you imagine him from Con Air Nick Cage going? I just want to eat a bunch of turkey. <laughs> Instead of, uh, I just want to find a bunch of rockets. That was my Nick Cage impression. Three and a half out of ten. Next, at Rex Crumb, goddamn Christmas has come most early with another Wes Anderson takedown. So, is this the most, in quotes, Bill Murray role that Bill Murray has played in all of his Wes Anderson films? Meaning the closest to who he actually is? Because yeah, is this maybe his, because this, this was yeah, is this his most Wes Anderson Andersony character portrayal portrayal? You know, let me say yeah, because this is the most boring I have ever seen Bill Murray. He's so flat through it, like he's an asshole, but not even like an interesting asshole. He's just kind of one note all throughout when he tells Jason Schwartzman's character or Jason Schwartzman, I guess that he's in love with the teacher. He's like, I'm in love with her, but there's no, he's not saying it any differently than he says anything else in the film. He doesn't have any kind of like different inflection or mood or look in his eye when he talks about his kids. It's the whole thing is so bad. It's terrible. Like if he had to audition for that, he would, not have got and if he was not bill murray he would not be in that movie or any movie see i thought his character in the world tenenbaums was absolutely flat as a pancake and had absolutely no <laughs> substance to it whatsoever this by de facto you know by default excuse <laughs> me is the better role as i've seen <laughs> ac when it went in that yeah i mean for me and not to jump too far into the the performances I, I think are one of the redeeming qualities of the show, including Bill's mm -hmm. um, the, the character's supposed to be flat. There's not supposed to be over the top of my, I mean, he's competing with a child over the love of this woman's mm -hmm. it, it, he wouldn't, I, I think everything would be calm and measured and direct and he's in love with her. It's as matter of fact as that I'm in mm -hmm. love with her. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not going to cry. He's not going to scream. No, I, I I do think that this is very Bill Murray esque, um, mm -hmm. and so I would say yes, it's the most Bill Murray of of all Bill Murray roles in Me, Wes Anderson an films. Yeah. yeah, your words, not mine. <laughs> At Delvin Cox, I legit have no clue what that movie is. Laughing, crying emoji. At Bango2331, same bro. I heard them reference it during the Tenenbaums episode, but that's it. At Delvin Cox, I think Kevin Goatee's making this shit up. This ain't a real movie. Five laughing, crying <laughs> emojis. At Delvin Cox, posting the gif of the woman uh, freaking out on a plane and saying, this motherfucker ain't real. At Screen uh, Rundown, <laughs> that OMG, that literally had me LOL at work. At Delvin Cox, Kevin out here, tell me to watch fake movies, LOL. At Ken Bjorn Turner, if three-fourths of the people are saying, what movie is this? How does this meet the criteria for the, the show? At Delvin Cox, I Googled it, and it's apparently supposed to be really good, or this is just an excellent troll job. At Ken Bjorn the Viking, 
gif of the troll. And that's that. <laughs> I like the woman for losing her shit on a plane gift. That was a nice little little sprinkle. That was there. a good time. I appreciate that. The that. Del- was that the Delta woman? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The white girl is probably on mescaline, but you know, whatevs. Time to close Ask a Gutter. And by the way, Lisa, no one listens to the end of podcasts. So we do our quotes, our quotes. What's wrong with me? Our plugs in the beginning. <laughs> Smart. I love it. Thank you. What are you up to, Lisa? Share the world where what you're up to and what we can where we can find you. Well, I am about to hit the road for almost the entirety of November and December. I have so many shows. Um, and they're going to be all over. I'm recording my first special in Milwaukee in December. Congrats. Uh, ticket link is not up because we are going back and forth on what the ticket price should be. Thank you, by the way. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, please do that. It's Olympian Lisa Curry and, uh, all my show information will be there. I'll be everywhere from like all over Denver and then just a bunch of stuff east of that and south. Have fun. Thanks. AC Rowe, what are you up to? I've got a new show that just premiered on Hulu. It's called The Conversations Project. Check it out. Watch it. Really getting a good response so far, but would absolutely welcome the numbers, the viewers, all of that. So please check out The Conversations Project on Hulu. And you can follow nice. me and my company at Ugly Dog Entertainment uh, on Instagram. That, friends, is an open plea for you to get those numbers up so the conversation can have a season two. Season two, season three, please. There we go. Now we're going to eyes on the prize. Of course, leave that five-star rating for this beloved podcast, Gutting the Sacred Cow, on all podcast platforms, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to say hi or to advertise with us. And fantasy football jibber-jabber smack in the middle of the season, over 60%, giving you the best goddamn NFL bets week in, week out, as well as top fantasy plays with jokes. Unlike those chuckleheads on ESPN and other lesser-known networks. Gutting the Sacred Cow everywhere. Of course, Fantasy Football, football Jibber Jabber on YouTube and all podcast platforms available. Lisa, it is now your turn to walk into the spotlight, take a little curtsy, and get ready to do what I think you're going to do with ease. And that, of course, is Guts the, the Sacred, sacred. Cow. Cow. <laughs> so harmonious. I love it. You're up, Lisa. Let's hear it. All right. Where where do you want me to start? Because I be- took some notes here. The, be- the beginning is great. So I will say the first time I watched this, I was kind of like half watching it. Do you know, like when you. My feeling after watching the first time was. I forgot everything immediately, but I remembered that I didn't like it. Like when you meet somebody and you can't remember why you think they're a shitty person, but you just walked away from the conversation, like fuck that person. And then years (laughs) later, you're just like, I just have this vague memory that I don't like them. And I don't remember why it's like, it's like your nature's way of warning you to not revisit. And I did, I rewatched it today, right before this. And when I first started watching it like the first couple scenes I was like this isn't that bad and it's just and then it just becomes terrible uh I I think the best part of the film the the film is the composition uh that's great and I think if it didn't have good music 
uh, we would not be so distracted and we would know that the movie is terrible. Um, one thing that I hate about it, that I hate about all films that do this, I can't stand when when teenagers are so self-aware. I don't even know adults that are that self-aware, let alone 15-year-olds. I don't know 15-year-olds that speak like this. They're fucking idiots. I... I I hate when they talk like adults. I hate when they're self-aware. I appreciated the wrestling scene. I love wrestling movies. That's a weird thing about me. So I was like, okay, we got that, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, there's some things that like didn't make sense to me. Like, so Bill Murray's driving a Rolls Royce, but then his pool is disgusting. But then his wife is there sitting with some other guy. And like rewatching it, I was like, oh, wait, was he going through a divorce? I'm like thinking like, yeah, he was going through a divorce. But then later in the movie, his wife files for a divorce because he's in love with the teacher. His wife, who has, I think, what she says, four words in the whole film. That's another thing. Sorry to be a woman about it. But the teacher doesn't have like her own identity. She's just like this object of desire between a fucking teenager and a gross old man. And then there's just no other women functionally in the movie um i so i don't buy him driving a rolls royce and then having a disgusting pool it just like doesn't it doesn't make any sense um oh this is what that said (laughs) we got the uh the uh the the coder from um oh the god what's that fucking film zodiac no 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 the one with um uh dr strange a cumberbatch what's it oh i have no idea Come on. What's the name? Well, it's the World War II one that broke the Nazis code that they saw that. What's that? The Turing, the Turing, right? The Turing. The Turing. The Turing. Yeah. Okay. Took long enough, Kevin. Maybe. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> th- thanks for that long detour that got us half a payoff. Cool. Sorry, Lisa. Please continue. No, you're great. Um, Another thing that, well, and I guess this came out in 98, so maybe it wasn't reused or reused, overused by then. But where when he asks Bill Murray if he had been in Vietnam and I'm like, why is this always like the United States has been involved in 1000 wars and none of them end. (laughs) They're all going on continuously. And I don't understand like why the reference is always Vietnam. But, you know, seeing that it was written in 98, maybe it wasn't like overused then. But it it was it was age appropriate for Bill Murray at that point. Oh, I guess that would make sense. I just feel like maybe doing stand-up too, like the number of people that have the same hack joke where they're like, oh, such and such was my Vietnam. And I'm like, guys, it is 2023. Move on. Um, Yeah, at least go to the Gulf War for Christ's sakes or the Afghanistan skirmish. Literally anything. There's been so much. Um, But he he would have been in Vietnam. Like uh, of that age, parents of that age of the 15-year-old in 98 would have been in Nam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little point. Yeah. No, that the math tracks. Okay. I just think it's I mean, I just <laughs> I think can add. currently it's it's overused. Um oh. I think, but I wasn't considering that it was that this movie came out in ninety eight when maybe that wasn't a reference everyone was using all the time. Um the relationship with the teacher is insane. I hate it. I hate it. It reminded me of like licorice pizza. But Licorice Pizza is at least a beautiful film. It doesn't make any sense. There's no plot. There's no reason for the movie, but it's gorgeous. So that's entertaining. Uh, Licorice Pizza was Licorice Pizza was beautiful to turn off because that movie 
just sucked Bit hard balls hard it balls was, bad i couldn't i like if i saw maybe a, a print of it i'd be like oh that's a nice that's a nice shot from the film but i can't imagine wanting to watch that again and i love pt anderson otherwise um it's a it's a circle jerk for 1970s la with no real substance other than that nothing nothing and this also it's just like this weird i feel like so much of i don't know there's like this i feel like the filmmaker's trying to tell us like yeah but like like a teacher would find me hot when i was when i was a hot 15 year old like i feel like they're they're seeing these characters as extensions of them um uh, I can I can totally see that. I can totally see like, look at me. I'm whimsical. I'm just weird and quirky as fuck. And it's crazy if women don't want to sleep with me, especially older ones who are bereaving. Yeah. And like, also, of course. And then also later in the movie, when the teacher and Bill Murray, Rosemary and Herman, there's a scene way after they go to dinner together, the the, the four of them, where they introduce themselves to one another. And I'm like, they just sat through a fucking two hour dinner or something and they didn't catch each other's names. It just, just doesn't make any sense. Like who okayed this script? Um, it's just, Owen just yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I just keep that in mind. Owen Wilson said, yeah, this one's <laughs> good. Yeah. We're no rewrites needed. Listen, I appreciate him putting his brother in it cause he's cute. And that was a nice uh, little escape. Also like the idea that, that, a teenager at dinner would be so outlandish and disrespectful and drinking scotch is so far beyond any reality I could imagine. I'm like him having something to say to Luke Wilson and smarting off and hitting him with his fork or whatever he does. I'm like, I would have been, I would have been removed from the planet. Yeah. That's a good solar system. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. I mean, the, the amount of disrespect shown toward Luke Wilson, I mean, Luke Wilson's like, I just met you. I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, I'm going to give you a butter knife Mm -hmm. at the right below your eyeball, right in your orbital socket. Mm -hmm. Like something like that was, was quite surprising. There's there, there's an acceptance or there to like a Wes Anderson film. I'm assuming there has to be an acceptance of the absurd, right? There has to be an acceptance of, not everything is going to to play out exactly the way it would in real life. And of all of the absurdity mm-hmm. in it, I find that less absurd than than the than other parts of his personality and the film itself. I mean, I get sure. it. it. It was rude. Sure. And I but I, I've seen 15-year-olds maybe not drinking scotch unless you're in Louisiana. Unless they're French. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the drinking age was pretty young when I was in Louisiana, but um, I of all the things to be unbelievable, that one just stands out as a little, a little odd. See, I think one person can act outlandish. It still has to be grounded in some reality. Like the adults don't really react. They're just like, oh, please don't do that. Why would you talk to me like that? You just met me. It's like, if he's going to be that crazy, then people have to react to it. Otherwise, otherwise we're being told if everyone is just kind of like low energy and not really reacting to it, then that's a way of telling us like, this is normal. This is that's, regular behavior. That's a Wes Anderson film. 
Yeah, this is Upper West Side Parenting in an hour, 40-minute <laughs> <No> film. <laughs> this is why people should be sterilized. Yeah. This is this is like, oh, my God, my kid turned five and you're not antidepressants yet? You're a shitty parent. All people should be sterilized or just certain people? Most. Most. Almost I, I, all. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Just enough so that, like, where there's new generations to, like, fix my car and, I guess... Fix my She's teeth or whatever I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need employees in the world. Um, oh, I already talked about this, but the fact that like Bill Murray's wife is asking him for a divorce. Also, he says I'm getting sued for a divorce. I'm like, is that what happens? I don't. That that's what happens. You file suit against your partner. Oh, okay. I was like, what? File um, for divorce. But it becomes she... experience in the equation. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> and it makes no sense that there's like why was she not talking to him when they were at the house together and she's just kind of talking to some other guy also he's like chucking uh golf balls into the water and nobody (laughs) reacts at all like if his wife was already not talking to him and sitting with another man the whole time you think she would at least like look at him like what the fuck are you doing she's she's clearly having an affair with that guy at that point bill murray nobody's Mm -hmm. paying attention to bill murray there's something that happens where you, it, 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 as you become an older man, you kind of become invisible to those things around you. Um, and his invisibility, I think that's just a way of him acting out and nobody pays any attention to him. Nobody sees that he's there, even though he's there and he's probably there all the time. She has forgotten him as she's cheating on him mm-hmm. before he's cheating on her or at yeah. least before he's cheating with the teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. It is weird, though. Um, It just, I think at a point, after like the halfway point of the movie, everything was grating on me. Um, Dad is a barber. I didn't even write a commentary on that. I just wrote his dad is a barber. And then I think I, at that point, I started to check out um, and check my emails and just half watch the end of it. Um, um, I also, (laughs) there's no world in which a grown woman is going to like if a kid was hit by a car you'd be like okay come around to the door long before this he tries to kiss her and everything there's no world in which a grown woman would let a wet person lay on their bed yeah. it's raining <laughs> he's soaking when he's got his head on her pillow he has his fucking shoes on on the bed i'm like there's that and that goes back to like this is his outlandish behavior. She's not his parent. She's wrote, somebody that like. Hmm, go ahead. I I wrote down. I'm more shocked that she has a twin bed all by herself. This is the thing. I mean, she's, I, that's the same but, size of a bed I had on college for Christ's well, sake. No, dorm she's rooms. she's sleeping in her dead husband's former childhood room. That's I missed why, that. Then that, okay, that's why that. it's a twin okay. bed. Okay. Even more that, reason to keep the bed dry. Absolutely, <laughs> but she's she is in her dead husband's room she she actually and i'm going to disagree with with you saying she doesn't have a lot of her own she's got a very rooted backstory in that she is still there mourning the loss of her husband it doesn't explain why she has a dalliance with a kid and why she has an affair with bill murray but she is broken and rooted the only reason she's there she's got a, a, a degree from she's got a, a, a PhD from Harvard, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. The only reason she's teaching first grade is so she can live in that house and teach at the school that her husband was a student at. And that's why it's a twin size bed. I'm more concerned yeah. about the fact she wasn't smart enough to figure out, wait a minute, you got hit by a car, but then you climbed up a ladder and then right. you knocked on the window. Yeah. And a very little amount of right. blood and the fact that she's I mean, kissing I guess the she fake has blood like- too. She has technically a backstory, but she doesn't, she's not active in that world at all. Her entire character, every scene is like maybe mention it, it mentions her, her dead husband, but it has nothing to, nothing really to do with him. It's like, it's all perfunctory so that we can, we can continue having this conversation so that this kid can lock her into a conversation. He doesn't actually give a fuck that her husband is dead. Nobody does in this film. No, but it has he, nothing he, to do. Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting, you care that his wife is dead. Like that's 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 addressed. That's somebody being a full character and having like uh, a dead spouse. This is not. This is totally perfunctory. I I agree with the Robin Williams comment. If you look at 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 the film though and realize the way the audience sees her is the way that she's seen by Bill and by. Um, by 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 Max uh, Jason Jason Schwartzman. If you'll notice, they don't ever dive in. They don't delve in. They don't get to be part of her life. And what happens to them both at the end? They end up without her. Mm-hmm. And and so, wanting to give Wes Anderson more credit than I really want to, maybe that's why she doesn't have more to do in the film. Maybe that you're you're seeing her the way mm-hmm. that that they see her and treat her. I mean, they just treat her as an object of desire. They don't, yeah, care. They don't ask her about her. They're just yeah. they're just hurling themselves at her. It's not yeah. about uh, both actually building a relationship with her. Yes. What else, Lisa? Those are all my thoughts. That's it. Really, okay, that's it. That well, and then the end when I don't understand like why why bill murray and jason schwartzman become friends the whole giving him the pin for you know uh being on time for punctuality or whatever and then them riding bikes together i'm like this whole thing is like i have nieces and nephews that are teenagers and i love them um but i'm just like the idea of have me as an adult woman having a friendship with a 15 year old in in the, any capacity showed in the movie is beyond <laughs> beyond any re- reality I can imagine. I think it's a lot of people fired these days. <laughs> yeah, this is like a real, like, kind of would-be Mary Kay Letourneau situation. <sighs> what uh, what would you give this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? 4. 4. AC- 4, and two of those points are because Luke Wilson is in it and he's cute. Unlike broken nose brother Owen Wilson, I just don't like blonde guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As a blonde gal, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, C. Rowe, why don't you uh, knock some dirt out of those cleats and hit the batter's box? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm defending the film because I, I there are some points that that she made that made me think some things, but I'm saying they end up alone. I am completely forgetting the end where they end up dancing after the most ridiculous play that you've ever seen before. <laughs> um, I, I want to start by saying I don't. I am not a Wes Anderson fan. I am not a fan of anyone that makes art for the sake of making art. I think you should make something that's amazing and then let it be art. And I feel like they set out in all movies, all Wes Anderson films to, to be more artistic than they need to be. I, however, with this film, I will say, I think the performances are the best of any Wes Anderson film that I've seen. Uh, everyone plays true to form. It starts off really nice, really sweet. You've got that first 26, 27 minutes of the storyline that actually starts to make sense. And I, I would I watched it last night for the first time in about 15 years. And I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And then you're right. It does go off the rails. It, as soon as he gets <laughs> kicked out of school, it gets absolutely ridiculous. Even the reason that he gets kicked out of school. Um, you know, I, I would like to have more to defend in the film than just the performances, but I, I'm going to have to agree with you that the, the, the kid in the bed, and I'm not talking about being wet, like what woman other than Mary Kay Latorno is going to lay on top of a student <laughs> and get that angle wiping blood off his mm -hmm. head and letting and then being surprised when she, she, she lets him kiss her. Right. That, that's mm -hmm. absolute. And, and like, what happens like Bill Murray runs over his car, which I thought was a funny scene, mm -hmm. which is weird because I, I normally I think Wes Anderson's like, oh, we wrote maybe a joke. Don't have a punchline. Let people just walk away fast. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to walk away fast. We're going to change something or we're going to bring new music in just to change the scene. I thought that scene was funny. Then he follows it up with cutting the break line. I'm like, OK, are there going to be consequences? He gets arrested and then nothing happens with it. Mm -hmm. He just quit school. He's 15. What world do you live in that you can quit school at 15 and there be no repercussions? He just goes and starts cutting hair for his father. I think there are some fun scenes in there, like when he cuts the kid's hair and the kid gives him the Swiss Army knife. But by and large, I, I'm I'm going to say this was not the film for me. I also, to your point with the no consequences of getting after getting arrested... I kept thinking like this kid's dad is a barber and he's going to an expensive private school on scholarship. They, yeah. Oh, sure. On scholarship, but all the accessories, all the clubs and stuff, that stuff is expensive. Um, I mean, I don't know what all a scholarship would cover for a private high school, but I'm like, I can't imagine you can sign up for every single, single extracurricular and also getting arrested is fucking expensive. You know, like if yeah. I got arrested, my parents would be like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> it's $1,500. And his, like, like it's no big deal. I, I, I will say, though, as, as we're talking and we're talking about the ridiculousness and then back to the, the teacher, the aquarium, the $8 million aquarium they're building, again, to show that they ignore, her, she goes, nobody asked me if I wanted one. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just just to can it, it's their competition with each other. But it, it, all in all, the film is acted wonderfully, in my opinion. Um, I I could do without the Wes Anderson music, the cue changes that are two levels too high, just so you got to make sure you know. Hey, look, pay attention to this because there's a <laughs> hole in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the first 20 something minutes, you don't really have to watch the film. Once he gets Mm-mm. kicked out of school, turn it off. Yeah. This is almost like not to the level, but good fellas, Pesci dying. You're like, well, now that Pesci's gone, a lot of momentum's well gone. Well, I mean, there's, there's just, that. that's when the wheels come off the entire film. And I, I thought you did a really good job articulating, you know, points that are wrong throughout the film. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to agree with you. Um, I, I, I agree. Give me a number one to 10 AC. I thought she was generous with a four. I'm going to say a three. <laughs> Ooh. What do you think of and, Royal Tenenbaums? By the way, just to get it, just got a, a beat on your taste for a one. Yeah. That's what I gave it. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I the- haven't seen it in years. I remember that's an, that's again, that's the thing where I'm like, I remember really enjoying it, but I couldn't tell you why. I remember almost no scenes in it. Although I'm like, I really like Angelica Houston. I enjoy her in anything. I don't. And she's a tertiary character in that too, by the way. Yeah, I don't think true. anybody really likes Wes Anderson films. They have affection for the people in them. They've been told they're supposed to like them. They're supposed to watch them. They're smart. And if you don't like it, obviously you're not smart. You're missing something. Exactly. And as a result, people watch these films and, you know, I hate his music. Some people love his music. They have fond memories of the time that they watched the film. They went to the movie and saw it. They smelled popcorn. They did all that stuff, but not just overall, not a fan. Mm hmm. A lot of similarities with the Royal Tenenbaums episode with Scotty. Um, oh God, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Scotty Landell, I believe. Yeah, he he was he did Tenenbaums, and there's a lot of commonalities that were discussed. In these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find yourself a hat, mug, t-shirt. I don't know, flip flops. Do they have that there? Probably all that fun stuff. Guttingthesacredcow.com. Leave us a five star rating, two or three sentence review, and of course, the following on the social medias help GTSE podcast on the Twit. And of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast on TikTok, Instagram, notes. Oh, good. We're op- we're, we're opening the film by Max ripping off the Matt Damon solving the math problem on the board in Goodwill Hunting scene. Oh, good. Yes. We're off to there was a something else they ripped off. Sorry, there was something else they ripped off at the end. And I cannot think of the movie. Maybe you guys know. At the end, when Bill Murray and the kid are together, Jason Schwartzman, and then and they say something to the effect of like, oh, I guess she wanted us to be together. And I'm like, what is that from? Because I was like, there's some other movie where there's- Ghost like two Dad guys- with Bill Cosby. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I was <laughs> like, there's two other, there's another movie where there's like two guys- Doggy Bottom USA? Going after a girl- and uh something about mary no fuck but she like gives her number to the one and they call fuck i'm vaguely remembering this i think where she gives one guy the other guy's number as her number and then he calls and then they realize they're both the guys that were chasing her 
And they were like, oh, I guess she wanted us to be friends. And yeah, I'm this like, is, uh, yeah, this is kind of 27 dresses shit. I haven't seen it. No, no, no. It it wouldn't have been because I, I have seen no rom-coms. Um, I mean, I've seen, I think, two. Uh, I love fuck, a good rom-com. I'm not, not going to remember. All right. I'm sorry, but it did rip off something else. Yes. He's supposed to be 15 in this movie. He looks 28, for Christ's sakes. I mean, this is like Breakfast Club level of old kids in this film. Hey, with the exception of William, with the Winston Churchill and Popeye, I don't think I've ever, ever liked anyone with a pipe. See Brian Cox for that reason in this film. <laughs> I, I occasionally smoke a pipe. No, nope. uh, my 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 uh, my assumption is correct. <laughs> I have to with this beard. <laughs> you know, the only thing missing from is an old bat, like weathered sea captain hat, as you sit in a rocking chair. Actually, I, I have the hat, but the headphones got in the way. Attention, black people. This is not how white people normally act. We're not all this whimsical, and we don't have <laughs> liars and flutes playing in the background as we walk about town. So just for you black people to know that that's not how real life white people go around business. I'm very anti-beret on guys wearing berets. I hate them. Unless it's mm -hmm. rerun from what's happening then that is the alone exception well and the way he he wears it is so ridiculous he just yeah. like pulls it all the way down yeah even you curtis sliwa from guardians and angels i know you're doing the lord's work and all but the beret part we don't need that the red jacket does does a great job by itself ac i'm with you i hated every single song in this film this soundtrack sponsored by barnes and nobles I know we're past the point of technology in 2023, but when Bill Murray pulls out that three ring binder to write out a check, that's a sign of being a mayor of rich whitey land. Who else has <laughs> a binder full of checks? They just whip out and this, here you go, son, go ahead and get yourself a few gobstoppers while you're at it. Do any of you recall helping your teachers out with some kind of chores in class because you had a crush on them? I'm asking you that. No, no, I yeah. didn't either. I didn't either because all my teachers looked like TSA agents at the Oklahoma City Airport. <laughs> no, thanks. Hey, last time I checked, they don't allow large pitchers of lemonade in libraries. Stop it. That doesn't happen. He's got a whole <laughs> fucking Kool-Aid man sized pitcher of lemonade in the library. No, we all know that librarians would have shut that down. Sorry, your whimsicalness. I did chuckle how they did a play on Serpico. Of all esoteric things to pull out of their ass, I thought that was quite original. So I, I give a, a tip of the cap. It's very weird how Max has an eight-year-old boy follow him around everywhere. I'm curious to know, why did he take a page out of Kevin Spacey's playbook? <laughs> why do Bill Murray's sons look like the Shermanator from American Pie? That's funny. They do. Thank you. Bringing lunch to that meeting at the top of the garage with the rendezvous with the woman is cute. But if you're looking for real belly laughs, keep walking. And if you feel this movie is full of belly laughs, I'll never value you or your opinions because they're dumb. I've smirked watching this film more than I have Royal Tenenbaums, by the way. Uh, I did enjoy Bill Murray and Schwartzman do pranking each other. The bike running over the bike. That was fun. Just the back and forth stuff. Because it added, an, again, an element of reality to this because, as you said before, Lisa, no little 15-year-old is this self-aware and talks and mm -mm. acts like this. Let's also add Scottish to the list of intolerable accents. 
That's a Scottish guy. Google Translate, work for me here, or turn the subtitles. <laughs> I enjoy a Scottish accent, but man, some of them, like Glaswegians, I don't know. They're speaking another language entirely. I love train spotting one and two, but Christ almighty, I'm ready to mute it and turn the, put the close captions on. It is rough. So I'm supposed to believe that Bill Murray, I'm sorry, that the British teacher is going to find Bill Murray with skin who looks like he fell asleep face down in a bed of nails, more attractive <laughs> than Luke Wilson. That doesn't happen. This is the same. not a world yeah. where that is real. No, Bill Murray is the, one of the funniest actors who've ever walked this great planet in real life. But in this actor world, no, no, no. This is the same level of horse shit that they try to pass us that Shannon Elizabeth would fall for goofy ass Jason Biggs in American Pie 1 and 2. <laughs> This is another thing that bothered me about the movie. And I hate to just like, I mean, this is more of a blanket statement. This is so many movies. I just can't like, I can't. And I know as a comedian, I shouldn't say this, but I cannot handle Judd Apatow stuff anymore because every one of his films is like some beautiful woman who's like help i don't know how to live in the world and it's just like some ugly dork is like i'll save you and seth rogan like, you mean cute. and that's seth rogan i think is cute i mean he's what like, he's good looking now yeah, what kind of taste guy. do you have in men oh my <laughs> he's cute he's cute oh my uh, all right well but i think like so that's so many movies and shows and i just i cannot take it anymore i'm like i've got is... news for you apatow's films have took a precipitous nosedive after 40 old virgin that was the best one it was it's still funny but after kelly that, clarkson what's that oh yeah kelly clarkson that's that's fun that's a funny ass funny ass moment there but the rest of this films they drag on uh have you seen judd apatow's editor no trick question there is none <laughs> I also hated this is 40 because yeah, I was like, I, it was like, you know, that noise you hear when your ears have been blown out by like loud noise. And it's just like, like that noise started Tinnitus. in my ears. Yeah. Yeah. After, after he, the scene where, he, where he's like, so beside himself because he like, they don't have any money or whatever, but then you see them in their room and they have like a $40,000 fucking headboard. And then he has like a music studio separate of his house. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. This is not real. Like everything in your life is so expensive. What are you talking about? You're broke. <laughs> That's why they're broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me, let me get this straight. A 15 year old smokes drinks and knows how to cut break lines. I'll assume if he watched football, he'd be a Raiders fan for sure. <laughs> we've really slowed down now after bill murray and jason schwartzman have mended the fences this plight plot has come to a grinding halt like judd apatow films hey oh i think wes anderson inserts indie rock into his films just to anger me the the final play is so comically innate i did I, again i've smirked more watching this than i have tropic thunder how about that that's another one i don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and this film have a lot and have one thing in common. Ferris Bueller, Max Schwartz, a master, masters of manipulation. Max Schwartz is a master manipulator like Ferris was with Cameron big time. Uh, but Ferris Bueller is a hell of a lot more entertaining. Mm -hmm. 
This is the second film. I Sorry, this is the second time that I have watched this film. I don't have any notes on this because I couldn't tell you anything about it pre-rewatch. Except for the poster with him wearing the beret and his hand in the air and that Bill Murray is in this. Quirkiness is the Dracar Noir that Wes Anderson and Bill Murray bathe in like it's a 1980, like a 1980s Guido would. And both have stenches that are overbearing, especially Royal Tenenbaums. This plot, though, is better, as are the characters, than Royal Tenenbaums. Murray is fun in this, way better than Royal Tenenbaums. Again, you know, bread sandwich in that in, in Royal Tenenbaums. The plays written by Max, original and entertaining. Royal Tenenbaums, I didn't laugh at all, not even a little. This I smirked a few times. People say that they are hysterically laughing or lying, and they're trying to get critic status on Rotten Tomatoes. Those are the only reasons why. And like you said, AC, you're trying to be more worldly. And if you don't like it, you just didn't get it. Fuck you. It's just not funny. This does not do the emphatic cartwheels and camp pretentious horse shit. Although I feel is on the border of ready to jump in the lake and swim across to Camp Pretentious Horseshit. I was surprised I didn't completely hate this film. Again, Wes Anderson, the first Tenenbaums, I'm like, boy, oh boy, this is a bridge too far. I didn't hate it near as much. Then again, I didn't like this at all. I'll never watch this again. Am I the highest by giving this film a 5 out of 10? I think I you am. the highest. Are you high? I you know what? Maybe I should drop it. The score here to four and a half. It's not. It's not. It, look, it's it's the lesser of both evils. And the reason why I allowed Lisa to do this is because people are saying, "Oh, you hated Tenenbaums. You're gonna love Rushmore." And that's been a common thread with the bunks all Wes Anderson fam- films. That those are the top two films. I said, "All right, after that, that this is where the cutoff is." So <laughs> here we are, and this film is not good. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate. Well, didn't like it, but didn't hate it. Like I hated Tenenbaums where I walked away angry and just pausing to go walk around and do something else for five minutes and then have to sit back down and strap in and go, <sighs> and then press unpause. This, I made it through one shot, but it's not fun. Critics, five-star five reviews. Five-star reviews. <laughs> Spot on. Rushmore is an interesting movie that will appeal reviews. to a very small audience, but will nonetheless impress. Nerds, this is for you, so suck it all in. <laughs> this is where the pretentious horse shit comes into play. Ready? An infectious comedy from start to finish. Yuck. If this was a movie theater, I'd throw something at the screen and go, boom. You know, I was talking to somebody today, tell them that this is what we were doing tonight. And I was talking about not digging Wes Anderson stuff and how he didn't know how to, he never met a punchline he actually wanted to spend time with and how he struggled with jokes. And he goes, well, I don't think he's a comedic director. I was like, exactly. Sure. But they're all supposed to be comedies, but they're not funny. No, Mm -hmm. not at all. Precocious, but not precious. Rushmore is a heavy hearted comedy with a light touch. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) That's some word salad. That is. The script is so charming and quippy that it is not hard to see why this is still many fans' favorite. And they spelled favorite with the U. So already, I don't take you you seriously. You're out. (laughs) 
<laughs> of course they did. Don't judge me, but my computer spells mine that way. I don't know why, and I'm not smart enough to change it. Is it because you were just in London? Did you? It, just it was that way it? when I got it. I bought it in Queens, and it's for whatever oh. reason it thinks it's in London. Yeah, you bought a hot <laughs> laptop that got swiped from a terminal at Grand Central. Yeah, no don't say things too, like that out loud, Kevin. <laughs> That's a Hunter Biden's laptop got found. Did you know that? Critics, one-star one reviews. The quirkiness seems a little forced, a little overdone. You think? You think? Yeah. It's a touch. A pinch. The char- About as heavy-handed as a Spielberg plot. The charm is a little too forced. A story barely believable. And it's a lore overcalculated. Yes, yes, and mm-hmm. amen. Yes. Rushmore is intended to be hip and funny, but it's not really either. When people say comedies, this one never comes up. You're going to argue your top 10, but this never makes no, that. You never, never. unless it's some, again, unless it's that asshole who shows up to a Super Bowl party who says, sports ball, huh? What we're time is the puppy dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. in the beret. Rushmore is a uh, is a film with a lot of promise. Unfortunately, most of it gets wasted. Yeah. Amazon five star reviews. Amazon. This is to movies, but Catcher in the Rye is to literature. It's a must. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. <laughs> I have to say, I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. I think his smart, subtle movies are a true breath of fresh air in an industry that is obsessed with raunchy, pointless humor and the bottom line. That being said, I can this even This is admit- the epitome of pointless. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And tell me a film that is not obsessed with the bottom line because that's what movies are made for, to make money. <laughs> I like business. also that, like, I guess technically I wouldn't... When I think of the word raunch, I think of, like... Uh, you know, Animal House, but it's also a little risque for a 15 year old to be trying to fuck a 35 year old or whatever she is. I mean, we all tried doing that when we were 15. That I can get behind. But, <laughs> but being allowed to drink, sip scotch at a dinner table with a stranger and call him an asshole pretty much to his face. That yeah. raunch. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I feel like maybe Wes Anderson wrote this when he was 16 based on fantasies he had of his life. And then they right. just made it later. Uh, where I lose. Okay. That being said, I can even admit that his movies are not for everyone. I once saw an interview with him and he was asked what particular audience he thought his movies were for. His response was he thought his fans mostly consist of outsiders and misfits. If you're looking for a more subtle brand of comedy that leaves you thinking and with a smile on your face, then by all means, buy this movie, Smiley Face, signed Michael Bay. No. Outsiders and misfits? That's like SLC Punk is an outsider misfit kind of film. By outsider and misfit, he means like nerd, right? Not like not, not, not like, like people on the nerds. fringe of society. Just people who can't get friends or girls. <laughs> it's the autistic audience is what he's going for. <laughs> for those who went to school around the time frame of this film, they will recognize the bumbling efforts of males trying to articulate. More than pablum when it comes to deep romantic feelings. The way the plays capture Apocalypse Now and Platoon is both noteworthy and fun. I want to buy one of those like dive horns like on a subway to announce like a blowhard asshole poster like this. One of those big klaxons. Ooga. Just to sound off like it's a sound effect to cue up that warning. We've got a real blowhard queef bag. (laughs) This next one. Oh, 
This is my husband's fourth pair of Clarks and his favorite by far out of all of them. Out of all his shoes, period, come to think of it, they fit exactly as they should. And we should probably buy another pair before the style is discontinued. Highly recommended. <laughs> what? And that's an actual review on cut, Amazon. Cut and pasted. Good Lord. <laughs> you know what, though? At least it's positive. Yeah. Clarks. I, those are a sensible shoe for a, like an older, sensible person, right? I they guess. make wallabies, though. Mm-hmm. Next one. Like Ferris Bueller meets Steve Azuzu. Wasn't Steve Azuzu the guy in those car commercials in the uh, for uh, in the 80s? Played by David Leisure, that really yeah. obnoxious yep. guy? Yep. Yeah. He was Am- great on the empty nest. Wasn't he? Was yeah, fun, he was. Fun show. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon. Jason Schwartzman's character is un- is insufferable. If Wes Anderson's intent is to make me hate him and everything he stands for, then he has succeeded. I liken Max to a Holden Caulfield type character who thinks he's so special and important, and everybody else is a vexing phony. He's not funny. This kid is just unaware of reality, and sending him to a public school was a gag that did exactly that. Quote, my dad is just a doctor, he says. This supposedly self-deprecating arrogance is neither neither entertaining nor appropriate. This is the worst Wes Anderson film I have ever seen, and the writing. I was frankly offended to see someone write something this bad. As a writer myself, I see that this is the unholy trinity of being dull, unappealing due to no true conflict, and of, of lasting message. Signed, John Stamos. Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) more dribble not a keeper rent before you buy to prevent regrets hey the same thing can be said about dating too i believe i cannot understand how people rave about this movie the way they do perhaps i lack an artistic sense the ability to pick up subtle clues and hints a severe deficiency in satire appreciation because i didn't like this movie one bit Sounds like there's more deep-rooted issues here than besides missing social cues here, folks. I have never in all my <laughs> life ever, ever walked out or stopped watching a movie because I thought it was bad. I weathered Deep Blue Sea. Stop. Deep Blue Sea is fucking amusing and entertaining. I disagree. That film is enjoyable. And Deep Rising. No offense to the people that love them. I plowed my way through Robot Holocaust without the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys doing the voiceover parody even. I survived The Mummy Returns, but after 30 minutes of this DVD, I had to stop it and watch a different movie. I you later resumed. This, Go ahead. What's up? You know what this reviewer is saying? He has bad taste in movies. Sure. <laughs> I later resumed viewing thinking or later resumed viewing thinking that there had to be something I missed. Perhaps the movie sl- starts slow and then picks up. Perhaps the developing conflict amongst the characters will pick up speed. Who knows? I watched all 90 odd something excruciating minutes of this movie. Without laughing a single time, this movie was recommended to me from a friend who, like many, thought it was one of the best comedies they've ever seen, and I didn't laugh once. Apparently, there are people who love this movie. I've talked to several of them, but none of them can give a reason why. I continue to think why I didn't like the movie, how I missed the spectacular humor or the deep character development. I am left with only one conclusion that answers the questions, and that is the one that many people will not agree with. This film was awful. AC Rowe, did Lisa Curry gut the sacred cow? I don't I, I don't know how we can say anything other than absolutely. <laughs> I think 
Yes. And I also will say, I hate when people say, I will also say, just fucking say it. Don't say, I have to say, or I will say. This film was on the precipice, like a suicide jumper. And we're <laughs> that cop with like the, 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 the cattle prod going, go ahead. And that's what Lisa did. He just, this film and the jumping off into, into the abyss where it belongs with other floating dead people from this. Well, film. I will say. Yeah. Ah, zing. We're going to do a very funny quick segment called Who's Funnier, ChatGPT or KG? I asked ChatGPT to write three jokes about Rushmore. Only three because I am not going to put my friends through that kind of punishment any more than that. Number one, why did, why did Max Fisher bring a ladder to Rushmore Academy? Because he wanted to reach new heights in his extracurricular activities. Ah! That's bad. Lisa's writing at that down for her special it. Milwaukee. I guess at least at least that's a clear joke, which is more than we got in the entirety <laughs> of the movie. Yes. Obtuse humor 101, kids. If you love it, this is for you. If not, you have taste. What's Max Fisher's favorite subject in school? Drama, of course. He's a master of the dramatic exit. If this was an urban room, the keys would come out and be jingling and jangling right now. Why did Herman Bloom decide to become a beekeeper? He realized that dealing with bees was more predictable than Max's schemes. Safe to say that ChatGPT remains winless and I remain undefeated. That was <laughs> atrocious. That will do it for another fantastic week of Gutting the Sacred Cow. AC Rowe, Lisa Curry, thank you so much for hanging out. We will see you next time. Out. Thanks for having me. See ya. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.